I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. It's a scripture that we are very familiar with. And then as you turn there, our, the majority of our text tonight is going to be out of 1 Samuel 3, 3 through 19. So again, we're going to, I'm going to, uh, mention a little bit Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. But the majority of our text tonight is going to be out of 1 Samuel 3, 3 through 19. I'm going to read from the message version, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, 14. Many of us have heard it before. All the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Now, when you hear that, uh, no matter where you are, no matter what stage, uh, season of life that you're in, when you hear all oh, the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to do great and mighty things in you, that just gets you excited. Why? Because it's life. It's not just a, uh, a little uh, sonnet that makes us to feel warm and fuzzy, but it's truth. Okay, and so, but in the message version, I wanted to I want to read it and um, just kind of just kind of sit there. I take a deep breath, breathe it out, and just let the Holy Spirit just minister to you. Okay, I'm going to go in the Word. God, I thank you for each person in here. God, I thank you that you're here to meet with us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Have your way. Be magnified. Reveal your truth and your love to us all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14 in the message version, it says, I know what I'm doing. This is God speaking. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come to me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen to you. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. And yes, look to somebody next to you and say yes. See, God even says yes. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more, than anything else. I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. That is his heart for us. The enemy, the enemy's plan is to, his whole character, as the Bible says, is he's a liar. He is a thief. And he wants to bring lies of we are inadequate. He wants to bring lies of fear of failure, uh, the stresses and the busyness of life the complacency. He wants to strangle, smother, and stop you from saying these very precious words. And that is yes to God. Yes to God. What is God? This is a question for you throughout this message, for you to begin to think, for you to begin a process. What is God continually speaking to you about that he wants you to say yes? What is God stirring inside of you that he wants you to say yes. What is God wanting to do in you? What is, where is God wanting to bring you? You know, during the springtime or even throughout the year, many people place a lot of time and money and energy into to weddings and ceremonies. But before that, not, not the, the wedding, but before that celebration of life can begin, there has to be two precious words. Yes, I will. Or three. Yes. Yes. 
before the bride, the church, can enjoy the amazing, beautiful new life that God has for them, we must say yes. Yes. Lord, what do you want me to do? Oh, never done that before. Okay, yes. Lord, where do you want me to go? Woo, never been there, but Lord, no one in my family's ever done that, ever been there, but Lord, yes. Yes. We're going to look at how the life of Samuel, he was faced with the voice of God. And at this particular time in history, um, uh, God would speak through prophets. God would speak through signs and wonders. Um, he wouldn't necessarily speak audibly through individual, to individuals, uh, not to everybody. And so Samuel had a very precious encounter with God. And I would like for us to look at his, his attitude and his approach and his response to God. He would say, well, Dixie, but he was a child. He was a young person. You know, scripture says in one of the gospels, it says, God wants us to come to him that way. You know, if you ever walked, if you have elementary, elementary children or preschool children, they really don't have a lot of stresses in life. You ever notice that? Just watch them whenever they walk. <laughs> they walk as if, hey, you know, and watch their disposition. They'll be fascinated by rock. They'll be fascinated by a cloud. Oh, look, that cloud looks like a balloon. And just the littlest things capture and grab their heart and fascinate them. Why? Because they have no stresses. They chill. They're relaxed. God wants us to come to him and say, listen, God, I have a lot on my plate. I know, God, you know what's going on in my life. But God wants us to come to him and say, here it is. God wants to come to him. You and I do not have to be strong for God. He is our strong tower. So he wants to come, he wants us to come to him just with the, yes, Lord. I don't understand it all, but God, I know that I can trust and I can depend upon you with my life. God, I know that you are still on the throne. God, I know that you are still Jehovah Jireh, my provider. God, I know that you are still my victory. God, I know that you are still my healer. And God, even when my mind cannot comprehend how depth, how big you are and you're moving on my behalf, only thing that I can do right now is simply say, yes, Lord, because everything else is too big. Everything else, if we begin to contemplate, if we, I got a phone call today and I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to need your help. So I just went and I began to praise him. I just began to worship him. Only what he wants us to do is say, yes, yes. And so in Jeremiah, 1 Samuel 3, 3 through 19, we're going to read it. Okay. And we're just going to process it and digest it. Okay. Verses 3, the lamp of God had not gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. That's very important. He was sleeping near the presence of God. I'm sure he had great sleep. Wasn't a lot of stresses. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He jumped up and ran to Eli. Here I am. What do you need? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go on back to bed. So he did. Now let's pause for a moment. Samuel's mom was named Hannah. She was barren. And she went to God and she said, Lord, uh, if you will give me a child, I will give him back to you. 
And so that's exactly what happened. And so, um, uh, Samuel, uh, the mom, she would go and visit Samuel, uh, every year. And basically Samuel grew up as, as, you know, he was a pupil. He would, he was a disciple of Eli and he was being groomed to be, be the priest and, and the prophet of the nation. And, uh, and God was faithful and, um, and, uh, uh, Eli saw that the mother, uh, was faithful in loving God, was faithful in, um, and, and just caring for Samuel, bringing him as he grew, she would bring him new clothes to, to fit with what uh, the priestly uh, robes were. And, uh, and so God says, uh, so Samuel said, listen, um, excuse me, Eli said, I tell you what, I'm going to pray for you. You know, that God's going to bless you for your faithfulness. And so uh, God uh, blessed her with uh, five more children. And so, um, and so here we go. We're going to continue up to the dialogue between Eli and Samuel. So then, verses 6, so then the Lord called out again, Samuel, again, Samuel jumped up and ran to Eli. Here I am, he said. What do you need? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go on back to bed. Samuel did not know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. They're talking about knowing him as far as his voice being audibly, uh, uh, being audibly, audible. There you go. You got it. Okay. And so verses eight. So now the Lord called Samuel a third time. And once more, Samuel jumped up and ran to Eli. Here I am. He said, what do you need? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. If someone calls you again, say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. Look to somebody next to you. Say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. Now I'm going to continue. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before. This is the fourth time. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family. Eli had two sons and they were... They were not respecting and honoring the sacrifice that was for the Lord. And they were, they, uh, some, um, uh, some versions call them scoundrels in the Bible. Some versions, uh, just call them, they were wicked men. Okay. Verse 13. I have warned him. I have warned Eli continually that judge, that judgment is coming to his family because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifice or offering. Samuel stayed in bed until morning. This is the dialogue that the boy Samuel, the first time he's ever hearing audibly God's voice. And this is the loaded word that he's getting from God. He's getting from God. Samuel stayed in bed until morning. Then he got up and opened the doors to the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. But Eli called out to him, Samuel, Samuel, my son. Here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything. And may God punish you if you hide anything from me. So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold anything back. It is the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him. And everything Samuel said was wise 
and helpful. So we're going to look at three things in the life of Samuel. I'm sure there's more, but we just got a three tonight, okay? How can I say yes to God? Look to somebody next to you. How can I say yes to God? If it puzzles you, come on, let's bring scripture to bring some clarity. One, delight in God. Delight in God. Psalm 37, three through seven, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord and, and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give your hearts, he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence as clear as the dawn and the just and the just of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Let's take a look at this. When Samuel was called, it you should have been sleeping. If you're a morning person in here, we're going to pray for you. If you're not a morning person in here, you'll understand this text. So maybe a little bit more. When Samuel kept on being woken up, but look at Samuel's attitude. Samuel did not have a bad attitude. He did not gripe and complain. The four times he got up to answer who was calling him, Samuel was not bitter that he was the one losing sleep and being stirred and called and not Eli's other sons who were older, who had more experience than him. His focus was clear from a fence and glad to serve. Let's take a look at a couple of things in, in, in first Samuel. First Samuel 2 26. Samuel grew taller and he continued to gain favor with the Lord and with the people. In order for Samuel to continue to gain favor with the Lord and the people, he had to be take delight in who God was. He wasn't bitter. Look what my mama did. She dropped me off here and then she went over there. Now she has more children. There was no bitterness. There was joy. There was delight in his life. There wasn't bitterness in, uh, in, in the turmoil of what was going on around him. You know, first Samuel three, three, Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark, uh, near the ark of God. That was the place where God's presence was. So if he was, if that's where he was sleeping, if that's where he was hanging out, that tells me he was constantly around the presence of God. You and I have that same access to the presence of God, but it's not in a box. It's not in the ark of the covenant, but it's in here. We are his temple. We are his tabernacle. So we can take delight by going into his presence. You and I will never say yes to something that is bigger than us out of our reach if we do not know the character of the one who is calling us to say yes. And whenever we go into his presence, we go into his presence with the word. We go into his presence with praise. We go into his presence. When we go into the presence, we will discover the very character of God. But here's the deal will hear his voice because his Holy Spirit is living on the inside of us. It's exciting because the veil was rent from top to bottom 
so that you and I can constantly have access to hear his yeses. To hear his yeses. Yes, I love you. Yes, I'll provide for you. Yes, I'll heal you. Yes, I'll deliver you. Yes, I'll restore you. Yes, I'll use you. Yes, I have a purpose and a plan for your life. We constantly need to refresh our mind, our soul, and our spirit with yes, God is for me. And if yes, God is for me, no one can be against me. And when we hear that good news, oh, we're going to take delight in God. Amen? Amen. All right. Let me see. First Samuel 3, 3. I look again out. It says how he jumped up and ran to Eli. See, when you and I are in the presence of the Lord, there is an imparting, there is a feeling, there is a wholeness into our spirit when we are delighting in God's word and his name and in his presence. It will, we don't have to wake up in the morning and say, yes, today I'm going to delight. No, yes, today, today I'm going to praise him. Today I'm going to see what his word says about me. Today, I want to hear his voice. What special word does he have for me? So he had a special word for Samuel. And it was a loaded word. That was, that was, that was in depth. But that word was not by accident. That word had a purpose. And every time you and I go into his presence, he will always use that precious time with us for a purpose. So when he begins to speak to us, when he begins to move us, when he begins to call us to do bigger things with favor, do bigger things that are bigger than us, we can have the confidence and the faith within inside of us to say yes. Because your faith grows. Faith is imparted to you when you hear that special rhema word. It's not just for anybody, it's for me. Oh, I know what the Lord told me. How many of you have heard those words before? I know what the word of the Lord said to me. I remember where I was. I remember what I was doing. Why? Because that word grips the very core of your spirit, man. And it expands. It's like, it's like you take a deep breath and you know how, you know, you have to, everything expands. Boy, when you hear that word, it just expands your faith and it changes your perspective. Where it might seem gloomy, it might seem downtrodden, but you will still delight in the Lord because you've heard him speak to you. Yes, Lord. Amen. 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 I love James 4, 7 through 8. I'm going to read it from the message version. So let God work his will in you. Yell aloud no to the devil and watch him scamper. I just love that. That's hilarious. I love that. And say quiet yes to God. And he'll be there in no time. Say yes to the Lord. It's not the tone. It's not the volume. Oh, it's the power in the name. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, you can do spiritual warfare. and You can yell and spit and scream and snot. And I understand that. But, you know, you can be still and say, oh. Yes. Yes, Lord. So how can I say yes to God? We have to delight in him. We delight in him through his word. We delight in him through his presence. 
Okay, we delight in him through praise. Number two, how do I say yes to God? Depend upon him. Depend upon him. Self-dependence will place pressure in your life to live a works-based life and performance. Driven, driven, that places you in bondage because it places a restraint on you from saying yes to God. Because if you live in a life of self-dependence, everything that is good, everything that has value, you have to try to make it happen. Well, if I can't do that, if, if I cannot do that with my talents, if I cannot do that with my schedule, if I cannot do that in my gifts, then I can't do it. And God has said, excuse me, I'm still on the throne. I'm still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Are you going to step out of the way of self-dependence or are you going to depend upon me? Are you going to depend upon me? Self-dependent, the word in Noah Webster's dictionary means depending on oneself. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Sometimes I find that it's good for me. I just have to keep it simple and that he cannot fail me. He cannot forget who... He cannot forget my name. He cannot forget that I'm his. And when I focus my mind, okay, he can't fail me. Because he'd be going against his word, and that's impossible. He can't forget my name because my name was written in the Lamb's book of life that was paid by his precious blood. Can't be revoked. The blood of Jesus can't be revoked. So if I begin to think... And this is where, this is, I'm speaking to Dixie here, but I hope it encourages you. Sometimes this is the biggest problem right here. Scripture even says this, and when you begin to have thoughts, if they begin to exalt themselves above God, you know what exalting themselves above God? Self-dependency, because it's pride, and God opposes the proud. When I began to exalt myself, okay, how am I going to figure this out? I got I to try to make this plan. God is saying, excuse me. Yes, I'm the creator of heaven and earth. Yes. I raised my son, Jesus, from the dead. I think I can help you out here. You know? And God, in his gentleness, he just needs to remind us, hey, I'm still here. I'm still here. Thank you, Lord. Second Timothy 3, 16 through 17. Because every part of Scripture is God-breathed. And useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, exposing our rebellion, pride, self-dependence, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. When you and I say, okay, Lord, here I am. Yes. See, I believe that God knew that Eli would ask Samuel to tell him everything and not to leave anything out. And that would place pressure on Samuel. I believe that God was building Samuel's faith and dependency upon him and not on man for the future purpose and calling God has for Samuel. Many times, if we begin to feel the heat, if we begin to feel the pressure, we automatically think, whoa, 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 this isn't God. I must not be in God's will. 
I'm sure when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was feeling the heat. He was feeling the pressure. But my friends, whenever we begin to feel that pressure, whenever we begin to feel that whatever God is instructing and telling you to, to do, if he's telling you, he was telling Peter, hey, Peter, why don't you come to me? Peter was like, oh, my goodness, this is impossible. Moses, why don't you stretch out that rod? Oh, my goodness, oh, the enemy is behind us. Oh, this has never been done in history. We're going to feel the pressure. We're going to feel the heat. But it is important. I want you to just listen to this for a moment. Expect resistance from your soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. But let the voice of the Holy Spirit in your spirit, man, always have the first and the final word. Don't go by what your soul experiences. Oh, my goodness. That's your mind. That's your will. That's your emotions. But go by, Lord, I know who you are. I know what your word says. I know what you've told me. And Father, I'm going to submit my life into your hands. And I promise you, his word says, what did he say in Jeremiah? I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. We can trust him to say yes to him. Amen? Amen. All right. How can I say yes to God? Delight in him. How can I say yes to God? Let's depend upon him. And in closing, how can I say yes to God? Don't settle for anything less than God's best for your life. Don't settle for anything less than God's best for your life. Anytime you begin to position yourself to grow, Anytime you begin to position yourself for prayer, Lord, use me. How many have ever said that word? Lord, use me. God, I want to do big and great and mighty things for you. Has anybody ever said that prayer? Then why are sometimes we surprised when he begins to do it? Lord, not now. Give me a moment. I'm not quite ready. Well, honey, you're never going to be ready. It's me by my spirit on the inside of you. I've called you. I've created you for such a time as this. Don't settle for anything less than God's best for your life. God can never fail you. Never fail you. Proverbs 8, 30, uh, 30, Proverbs 18, 30, excuse me. As for God, his way is perfect. Perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. So remember, God can never fail you. Number two, push past fear. Push past fear of failure. Push past fear of rejection. Push past the fear. How do you push past the fear? You take This is what you do. The Bible says that this is literally like a sword. Now, if you've seen someone swinging a sword, the last thing that you're going to do is to approach them because you know the power that is in that sword. Well, we push past fear. We push past uh, failure by using our sword. 
Lord, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Lord, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God, you have not made a mistake in me. I am not a failure. And Lord, I'm forgiven. Lord, I don't have to live my life with the mistakes that I made yesterday. But Lord, I am forgiven. Many times we can settle uh, we can settle for what our life is is because even though we have accepted the new spirit, our mind is still stuck in our old spirit because we're weighed down with shame of our yesterdays. And God is saying, listen, I've given you my word. Renew your mind with my word. Begin to speak and declare my word so that when the enemy tries to come against you with fear, when the enemy tries to come against you, do you know what you did yesterday? You can remind him, hey, hey, you were defeated on the cross. Hey, hey, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, we need to not settle for the lies of the enemy, but we need to say yes to the plans of the Lord. Amen? Amen. All right. If you'll turn your Bible in closing to Acts 9, 10 through 16. Acts 9, 10 through 16. As I was reading this scripture, I was like, oh, man, this is cool. When you think of the, the giants of faith in the Bible, Paul, obviously, uh, uh, comes to mind and um, who wrote more than the New Testament. And, and, um, but in this particular scripture, uh, this was Paul's name was in the process of being changed from Saul to Paul. And he was on the road to Damascus. And Paul was a highly uh, educated uh, man. And, uh, and in this particular time in history, he hated the Jews. Um, he had beat them. He had, uh, he had done horrible things to them. And his name at this particular time in Scripture was known for his hatred of the Jews. And so he had a divine encounter with the Lord uh, on the road to Damascus and to where his eyes were blinded and he was uh, brought to a house. Um, and the Holy Spirit told a man by the name of Ananias to go to him. And this is where we're going to pick off in the scripture. Now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. And what did he say? Yes, Lord. He replied, the Lord said, go over to straight city to the house of Judas. When you arrive, ask for Saul of Tarsus. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him in a vision, a man named Ananias coming and laying his hands on him so that he can see again. But the Lord exclaimed Ananias, I've, but the Lord Ananias was, was saying, I've heard about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. Immediately fear came upon him. Lord, do you know what you're asking me to do? Don't you just love that? Lord, do you know who Saul is? Yes, I just visited him divinely appointment on the road. Lord, do you know what you want me to do? Yes, Ananias, I do. And when we hear that he is, and, and we hear that he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest every believer in Damascus. But the Lord said, go and do what I say. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for me. So Ananias went to Saul. 
And he began to pray for him. He began to lay his hands on him. And the presence of the Lord filled that place. And the scales, the scripture says, fell off. And, and, and Saul was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And God used Ananias. But Ananias first had to say yes. See, here's the deal. Ananias saw the man Saul. But think about by Ananias saying yes to the Lord, God used him to minister to the great apostle Paul. What an incredible moment. But he couldn't have foreseen that. God just wanted him to be available and willing to say yes. That's with you and I. He wants us. He wants us to delight in who he is in his word. He wants us to not depend upon ourselves. And he wants us to not settle for anything less. I don't know what Ananias' family's name was. I'm not sure where his family background was. But his identity when he, his identity was in who God said he was. And God used him mightily simply by him saying yes. And God desires the same for you and I. He desires for us to experience that purpose, that provision in our lives, for us to experience the value that he has for us, for who we are, for his sons and his daughters. And he said, would you trust me? Would you trust me with your life and simply say yes? Would you stand, please? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. So right where we, you are, would you just bow your head and close your eyes? And you just personally, could you just begin to talk to God? Is there anything hindering you from saying yes of what God wants to do in your life? What is he speaking to you? Are you living in fear? Do you see yourself not as God sees you? And it's hindering you from doing greater things because you don't think that you're adequate. Right now, just I would ask that you ask God, God, show me how much you love me. God, show me your value for my life right now. Come on, just ask him that. If you could just lift your hands just as a sign of I'm surrendering. God, here I am. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak to me. I want to have a Samuel encounter with you. God, show me your will, your plan for my life. God, show me. I need your wisdom to resolve this conflict. God, show me what you would have for me to do. If you would have for me to be still. If you would have for me to run. 
God, show me, speak to me. I position myself to hear from you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, remove fear of failure. Remove fear of provisions right now in the name of Jesus. But Holy Spirit, come. Speak to us. Remind us of who you are. Remind us you are our provider. Remind us you are our Savior. Remind us you are our healer. Remind us you are the God who restores. Remind us, Lord. God, I ask that you refresh your children with that truth tonight. Refresh their souls. Refresh their minds. I speak peace in the name of Jesus to your minds. And Father, I ask that you give them an expectancy. A stirring in them of the great things you have for their life. The best is yet to come. Father God, I ask that you give us a fresh word. Breathe fresh air upon your children right now. Fresh air. Refresh them. Renew their energy, Lord. With a great expectancy of yes, Lord. Use me. Here I am. Father, may your truth rest upon us. And may we take delight in you. Father, I thank you and I praise you for your sweet, sweet presence in here. Continue to stir the hearts of your children. we love and we care for you. We love and we care for you. If there's anything that we can do to help you or serve you, we're here or pray with you. We're here for you. You are dismissed. Good night.